Welcome to Tunes and Tumblers by Atwood Magazine, a podcast where we believe that music is best enjoyed with a drink in your hand. Every week we create original craft cocktails and mocktails to pair with the songs of our favorite artists and invite them into the bar for a toast. So put up your feet and enjoy a cold one on us. If you're a fan of the show or maybe just entering the bar for the first time, be sure to subscribe and give us a rating wherever you're listening right now. And if you'd like to buy us around, head on over to patreon.com slash tunes and tumblers to become one of our fabulous patrons. In any case, I'm your host, Anthony, and it's only one week until Thanksgiving, which means I'm in the process of training my stomach like I'm about to enter a hot dog eating contest. Uh, I'm chewing a lot of gum to strengthen my chewing muscles and eating a ton of steamed vegetables and watermelon which I hear expands your stomach. Um, Of course, the legal department tells me I'm required to say Tunes and Tumblers doesn't condone the stretching of stomach lining to wolf down half a 12-pound turkey and drink from a gravy boat. Instead, you must enjoy your gluttony responsibly. Of course, we all know that drinking alone is a sad, sad business, so I found a couple of other people doing intense gastro training for the upcoming holiday season, and they are... Jamie. Hi. I'm definitely doing that. (laughs) And I'm Eric, and Anthony's definitely making up lies about me, so. (laughs) I would do no such thing. But it's not just the three of us today. We have a guest who is a Toronto-based singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, and producer, who is as impressive in production as he is in his prose. His first exposure to music was through the jazz his father played, which built a foundation for a body of work that would skillfully traverse the sounds of indie rock, soulful R&B, choral pop, and everything in those creamy middles. His early solo work garnered praise from the likes of Zane Lowe and The Fader, and he's lent his considerable talents to heavy hitters like Kali Uchis, Bryson Tiller, and Stray Kids, among many others. He's here today to talk all about his debut album, I Cried My Eyes Out, which dropped October 13th on Red Bull Records and showcases his vulnerability on issues with the music industry, falling out of love, and finding his voice. Tunes and Tumblers fam, please welcome Chris LaRocca to the pod. Hello. Thank you for that wonderful intro. Makes me sound so so much cooler than I am. <laughs> what you didn't do I mean, all you that stuff? You look pretty cool in your album, though. So just okay. I mean, I'll take it. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna argue with you. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm sorry that we didn't catch your show. It was like three days ago, I think. You did a really quick tour of the U.S., right? Yeah, we did one show in New York on November second, and then. Yes, I guess three days ago now, November 9th in LA. So it didn't feel like much of a tour. I've been on bigger tours, but it was definitely a tour of sorts. And Mm -hmm. it was great. Yeah, I'm really sorry we missed it. Hopefully you'll do another slingshot like that really soon. I think so. I think that's the goal after this. We have one more show here in Toronto, but I know you guys definitely won't make that because it's quite far. But uh, we play here on Thursday of this coming week. And then, yeah, looking forward to do some more shows in the new year. Booking a flight to Toronto. Okay. Jamie, you can do a road trip, right? Really quick. Yeah, road I, trip. I could. It'll be worth it. Yeah, I'm in New York. So also, yeah, sorry. I didn't even know you were performing in, in Brooklyn. Uh, you performed at Elsewhere, right? Yeah, yeah, it was great. Such a cool venue. I was going to say, what room were you in? There's like a bunch of different stages there. I think it was Zone 1. Oh, nice. I love that yeah. place. Yeah, yeah I love that. It was that. really like, good vibes. That's great. 
Well, everyone, it's been a few weeks since we've gloated about our taste in music. What has <laughs> everyone been listening to since last we spoke? Eric, I want you to go first. Me? I've been listening to, so I guess some of you, I guess most of you won't know, I was hoping to do an interview with La Doña here in San Francisco a couple of days ago, but she unfortunately had to reschedule. But my playlist has been nothing but all of her wonderful music lately. And that's that's what's been on my on my docket. Chris, what have you been listening to? Me? I've been listening to a lot of McGee. I don't know if you guys are familiar with McGee. He just put out like a, I guess it's an EP. There's a song of his called Are You Looking Up that I've been in love with. So I've been listening to a lot of that. I've been listening to some friends of mine. They're in a band called Howdy with two Vs. Um, they're great. They have a song called Gene that just came out, I think, on Friday. It's incredible. Pink Panthers' new record. Oh, yeah, that just dropped. Yeah, very good. Very good. And then on this one song, it's like an older song. I think it's by Donnie and Joe Emerson, and it's called Baby. It's a really cool song. I don't know. It's a great story behind it. They recorded it when they were like 16 years old. Their dad built them like at a $100,000 studio in like the 70s. So Jesus. definitely a lot of money that would translate to now a pretty big studio. But they recorded wow. this album and didn't really go anywhere until like 30 years later, kind of popped off for some reason. Some guy found like a vinyl in a store and gave it a shot. And it just really took took a big leap popularity. And I found it maybe like this year. And yeah, it's, it's been on repeat for sure. That sounds really cool. I love that story. Yeah, yeah. It's a great song. I actually saw it. Uh, it was part of the soundtrack of a show called Big Little Lies. And Oh, yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, that's Very the, good. That's the one that had the um, Michael Kiwanuka song as the intro, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. God, I can't remember him. what that song is called. It's called Coming Home. I can't remember, but maybe not Coming Home. I can't remember what it's called, but it is that song in the intro, Michael Kiwanuka. And the whole soundtrack's incredible, but this one song really stood out for sure. Nice. I'm going to have to check that out. Jamie, tell me what we can add to our playlist today. I've been listening to a lot of the Black Eyed Peas. Um, yes. <laughs> like Nothing some wrong with that. old Black Eyed Peas. Um, I actually recently boom, had boom. like... Yeah, like I had an apology <laughs> call with my mother when I was like was listening to the Black Eyed Peas and I was like, hey, mom, like, I'm sorry that I made fun of you for loving this band when I was younger because like they're so good. Um, <laughs> and I've been listening to a lot of cake as well, like short skirt, long jacket, like <laughs> You're just Which, describing like so you're my, describing my, high school for us right now. Yeah, so. like like my my senior year of high school. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I loved it. I don't know. I've been listening to a lot of that recently. I don't know. I feel like I'm always listening to like really not even old music, like from like the 60s and 70s necessarily, but just like dated stuff. But yeah, I don't know why I've been really on my Black Eyed Peas vibe recently. Like I think it's because I've been driving sometimes and it's a good like soundtrack for the car uh, it's because it gives you the illusion that tonight is going to be a good night even if you're just sitting in traffic <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> anthony what are you what are you listening to well nothing that cool honestly <laughs> um so what i did was uh recently i did a blink 182 retrospective in preparation for their new album which you know as of this recording it's dropped almost a month ago now jeez but, you know, listening to their stuff from like the beginning till now, it's crazy to me how much they've changed since 1994. And I started at the very beginning with their debut mixtape, Buddha, which I do not recommend anyone listening to except as an <laughs> anthropological curiosity. One thing I found is that it does contain this semi-fun ska punk track called Time, 
and it feels kind of like a what if they went in that direction kind of thing. What a world we would live in. Besides that, I've been uh, reacquainting myself with a UK singer-songwriter named Eloise. She just released a bunch of new songs. I'm, I'm in love with her current song, Vanilla Tobacco. The way that I describe her is it's like UK bedroom pop R&B. And she mixes a lot of these like European Baroque busking sounds into her music. Like you could hear her like on like a cobblestone street in Paris or something. And the way that she makes her songs, they feel quaint, but also like pastoral and like intimate, really lived in. They don't sound the same, her songs, but they kind of put you in a similar headspace. The way that I describe Vanilla Tobacco, I feel like I'm uh, spending an entire afternoon in a Parisian flat with a lover and you just don't leave the bedroom from dawn till dusk. It's just like white satin sheets and like light streaming through in slats. It's it's beautiful. I, I like all of her music. I was very blessed to catch her at Bardot in Los Angeles, I want to say like five or six years ago. And like she was just nobody then and found her stuff. She's been blowing up a bit. And yeah, everyone go check out Eloise. I love her. Well, I'm sold. I'll check that out for sure. <laughs> I like to talk about stuff, which I guess is why I'm the host of this show. <laughs> but listeners, if you want to hear more of what we've had on repeat, go over to Spotify and check out our YBLT playlist. It stands for What Have You Been Listening To? But you'll know you've found it when you find sandwich-themed art, because we lean heavily into the BLT aspect of this. Their BLTs are delicious. BLTs contain a ton of different types of music, from Jamie's taste to Eric's taste to my taste to Madeline's taste, to the taste of all of the guests we've ever had on the show. So, wow, go check that out. It's, it's ridiculous. Also, if you are an artist yourself and you want exposure for your stuff, please hit us up on Instagram, drop into our DMs, show us what you've made recently, and we would love to feature it there. We love pumping up new and emerging artists. So go check that out, save it, share it with your friends, send us your stuff. We love it. But enough of that. We have a thirsty crew on our hands. Chris, did you bring your ID so that we can get into this bar? I did. I didn't plan for this to be my ID, but it actually is the perfect ID. Um, Chance. Oh that's my, my idea right there. Oh, hey, buddy. My dog, so Chance. That's great. Yeah. Uh, that's so good, in fact, that you get free drinks for life in this bar. So, <laughs> Okay. that's That makes us both happy. He's uh, very excited right now because we are just sitting in the car waiting to pick something up, and there's lots of squirrels running around here in Ooh, Toronto. Very so nice. He's Aww. just glued to the window, just watching them run around. What kind of dog is he? He's half lab, half Samoy, which is like a husky breed. Wow. Um, so he's a very, like, goofy, big fluffy dog he's been by my side through my whole music career big studio dog so definitely an integral part of my id i'd say wow i Aww. love that and you know our bouncer is also a huge fan of dogs and so i think he's just gonna usher us right in welcome to the tunes and tumblers bar chris it's got all the charm of a poorly green screen zoom background as you can see but you know the flip side of this bar is that it has probably the best cocktail menu in the world and has an esteemed wall of photographs of past guests like a mid-tier New York Italian restaurant. The piece de resistance, though, is the magic jukebox that can play whatever we want. That record is called I Cried My Eyes Out by Chris LaRocca. And, you know, Jamie and I, we stayed up really late last night <laughs> working on a cocktail for you that's going to be the special of the day. And first of all, I want to say that this album really surprised both of us. 
Um, mm-hmm. in, in my opinion, it's like really easy for albums to hit like one note and stick with that note for like 45 minutes to an hour. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like you, you get what you're expecting and you expect what you get. But you know, this album, Chris, it's one of those rare bodies of work that just keeps you guessing from front to back. There are these moments of maximalist pop bliss, but there's also indie rock swagger. You've got this minimalist R&B crooning. It's like Latin flair. You even cap things off and because of you with a little doo-wop, which I thought was, it was just like, whoa, like what's going on here? I love all of it. I could honestly listen to this on a loop and not get bored for at least three or four cycles until somebody told me to get up and like go clean the kitchen. But... (laughs) You know, it's a real showcase for your versatility as a songwriter, and I'm really eager to get into it in more detail, but we need that drink. Chris, would you like to see what we have on deck for you? I would love to. So, Jamie uh, the has Holy it Grail. In, yes, Jamie has it in a chalice, and I have it in a rocks glass. Jamie, what do we have here today? We have the Manic Maple, which has bourbon, maple syrup, ginger beer, cinnamon, nutmeg, lemon, and... Yeah, it's really good. It's very spicy. It's good for fall. It's very cozy. We wanted something that kind of captures the 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 feel of your music, which you've described as nervous pop. So we wanted something seasonal. We wanted something regional. I mean, you're from the Northeast. And even though Vermont is, you know, more known for their maple syrup, I feel like it's it's generally a, a, a regional sort of flavor. Uh, you could correct us if we're wrong. But no, yeah. it's, I, I figured the maple syrup has something to do with Canada, but we love our maple syrup here. I put it in my they coffee maple every morning. Leaf. Yeah, the maple leaf, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, on your flag, Wait, it's a maple I, leaf. Yeah. I thought that yeah. was a, it was I right was, there, dude. Come on, I thought on. that was a marijuana leaf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it doubles as two. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, enjoy this. Uh, I guess it's a cold toddy for this this sad but manic but really nervous but fulfilling album. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. I have coffee. <laughs> <laughs> well, I made mine virgin because I was like, I'm not going to start drinking at 2.30 in the afternoon, even though half our cast, it's even earlier than that. So I guess I don't have an excuse. It's a, but... it's a Sunday. You could be having brunch. You don't know. Yeah, yeah. It could be like a mimosa. Yeah, except it's not a mimosa. <laughs> <laughs> so Jamie, how did you make yours a virgin drink for all of our listeners who are also on the wagon? So I used ginger ale instead of ginger beer, and I just didn't put alcohol in it. I just didn't put the bourbon in it. <laughs> right. I think that that's, I, I was thinking about like how you would do that without um, the sweetness overpowering because like you, you get like you get grounded a little bit by the taste of the bourbon, like the bitterness, the richness, and like just way too much ginger beer, I think would just overload it. So I think that that's, that's a, a really cool idea of yours. Thanks. Yeah. I, I mean, I guess you could add a little bit of bitters in there too, if you wanted to with the ginger beer still, and then not do bourbon. It might be, mm-hmm. might still yeah. be pretty solid. Also, I didn't do this, but if you put like actual ginger in it, like shredded ginger, oh, that could also yeah. be good. Oh, I didn't even have any. Yeah. That would be a good Great that would idea. be a good garnish for this because we've garnished it with a legend a lemon wedge and a uh, a cinnamon stick, but also like shaved ginger. That yeah, would make this yeah. amazing. That would be really good too. That sounds great. Mm. Well, anyway, tunes and tumblers, fam, stick around because when we come back, we're talking to Chris LaRocca about his new album. I cried my eyes out, and maybe offer him a tissue to dry his tears. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Yes. <laughs> Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. 
Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner. And Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash Pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash Pantheon. Hey folks, Stefan Shirazi and Renee Richardson here from the Metallica Report. And we are proud members of the Pantheon podcast family, where the best of music and podcasts unite. We've got something pretty cool for you. We're giving away an exclusive Metallica merch package worth over $250. That's a whole lot of scary guys, skulls, M72, and other sought-after Metallica swag. And we've made it easy for you to win. Follow and share the Metallica Report, and you're in the game. Go to pantheonpodcast.com slash Metallica, enter your email, and hit that button to be entered to win. And just like that, you're eligible for our monthly exclusive Metallica merch package. And guess what, rockers? You can enter every month. So just do it. And while we love our global brothers and sisters, the lawyers won't let us ship outside the U.S. Welcome back, Tunes and Tumblers fam. We're here with Chris LaRocca, an amazing powerhouse singer-songwriter, producer. He just dropped his first album. I cried my eyes out. Chris, let's get right into this. Like One thing that strikes me immediately about this album is that it delves into your personal struggles within the music industry, falling out of love, finding your voice, all of this stuff. Uh, can you tell us a little about how your journey has shaped you into the type of songwriter you are. Yeah, those are all the themes. I think that my journey as a songwriter has had a lot of ups and downs, maybe more downs than ups. And I think that you have to have a bit of struggle in the music industry. It should never be an easy an easy ride because, uh, you know, it's a very character-driven industry. And I think one of the most important things I've heard about being in music is that talent will bring you to the door, but it's not going to open it. And it's going to be a character, your character, that's going to get you into certain situations. And I think I needed to be humbled and have some struggle to be able to appreciate what I have and, and to keep finding ways to uh, find my success in the industry. I think that I, I sometimes work hard, but I, I prefer it be that way than if it was just smooth sailing and not learning any lessons along the way. Mm-hmm. And I think I mentioned in our last segment that you've described your sound as nervous pop. Can you elaborate mm-hmm. on what that is? I think, um, well, I used to be in a math rock band 
once upon a time we played very like fringy like instrumental um technical music and we played with a lot of different bands and there was this kind of genre that formed in that scene that a lot of people called nervous pop where it was like you know a pop sensibility hooks you can sing back things that make you want to dance you could say but at the same time it was almost like you're sitting in the room with like some wild animal and you never know what it's going to do next or where it's going to go and I feel like that was kind of the idea behind that genre is like it's familiar but you're also kind of on your toes because you don't really know what's going to happen next it's like very similar to the feeling of feeling nervous where you're just kind of like on edge and jumpy I think that that's like a, a big part of the DNA of this music is that like you know, some of it feels familiar, but at the same time, it really takes a lot of twists and turns that gives it that kind of nervous identity. I like that. That's interesting. I'm actually, my curiosity is really piqued. Sorry if this is a selfish question, that you have like a math rock background as well, um, because yeah. I feel like I can definitely kind of hear the carryover into that because I'm a very big fan of, of math rock myself. Mm -hmm. How do you think that that sort of like, translated into the music that you make now because it is really different but I feel like tonally I can kind of see the way that it that it carries a little bit especially with like the range that your album exhibits of having mm -hmm. so much different like tonal capability like I would love to hear more about that yeah I think that when I was playing in that band I have never traditionally learned an instrument like I've never had like lessons or anything I was always guessing and that was a big part of playing that genre of music was like just guessing and you're making these really like noodly like technical riffs and melodies but like I didn't really understand what a key was so I was just kind of like doing anything that felt cool and also a part of that was like this huge DIY aspect when I was playing that kind of music where it's like you know now in a pop world like you go to a studio and you have like an engineer and a producer and everything so cleanly recorded and so like perfectly executed back then it was like we would record a lot of our music like someone's cottage like bring like some random recording gear and have someone that didn't really know what they're doing and they're kind of like stoned or like you know not really focused and just like really taking a stab at something and you know having this very diy raw aspect to the recording and i think i've brought some of that with me to this music a lot of these songs some of the tracks in there some of the guitars some of the vocals some of the other instruments are recorded very like rough and they were just the final takes like i didn't go back and record through some crazy like preamps or compressors or like make it super clean and get rid of like the white noise just kind of left it as it was the song gloria on my album actually started with this like very tappy like math rock kind of riff that at the end of it we ended up like chopping up and using just parts of it because it was a little too technical but i still use that kind of style to write i just think it's fun to write it over because they're always such interesting melodies and i do notice that style is really coming back there's like this kind of like new form of like r&b stuff with like very mathy like guitar riffs um there's even like a bunch of like jersey beats that have like crazy like noodling guitars over them and i'm just like something's happening here so yeah i think that i've always carried it with me and i'll continue to do that a lot of the new music i've been writing has been very guitar focused and almost sounds like two guitar players just like competing um with melodies but yeah, it's just something dear to my heart and I can't really let it go at this point. That's so interesting because I think when I was listening to the album, it was, I got the sense that it was just like more than, it was like two people in the room. Like that's the pervasive sense that I got is that um, I'm not just listening to one person create this thing on, like, do, do you understand like when, when you uh, kind of feel a presence, even if you can't like see it or you're not like fully aware of it? Yeah, definitely. Ghosts. Yeah. Ghost, yeah. It was just a ghost on the track. A ghost yeah. track, huh? 
some things are felt more than they're seen, I think. Right. And I think that leads into what I wanted to ask you about collaboration, because you come from a production background and you have worked with Wonder Girl. You've collaborated on scoring Arlong's character track for One Piece, which, I, you know, everyone go watch that adaptation. It's really good. But anyway, as a producer, you're very immersed in the collaborative facet of music. What is it like to work with another artist on a piece versus doing something all on your own? I'm like a kind of a control freak, so I think it can be difficult sometimes. Mm -hmm. I really opened up the door on this record and worked with a lot of people like songwriters and producers. There's even some other artists that are featured on it, all from Toronto. But it was a bit of a struggle at some points, wondering, A, if this is like the truest reflection of myself. I'm such a perfectionist with my music that just wondering if like all these different people's ideas were on the same level that I, I wanted them to be. But it's very healthy. I think you have to do it. I think, you know, you're never going to get the best out of something if you're just doing it yourself. Like it, it, sometimes it's it's very great to get other people's ideas in there and turn them into your own. But I think going forward, I would have a bit more of a balance. I think I really, you know, some of these songs, if you look at the credits, there's like a whole list of producers and songwriters just because we collected little pieces along the way and it was a long time in the making. But I think going forward, I would dial it back a little bit just to keep it truer to myself. Although this album is very, you know, true to myself, I think at the end of the day, but it took a lot of work to make it feel like that. So I think going forward, I would, you know, still work with as many people as I could, but just refine the team a little bit and just make sure that I can always like listen to something back and feel like, oh yeah, this is me for sure. Without having to go too deep into the uh, mix of things and, and producing it out and, and changing some stuff to make it feel like that. Mm -hmm. Super you, cool. Yeah. And that said, it, even though it seems like you do enjoy a good deal of control in making your music, is there any collaboration you've had where just the ideas seem to click immediately? Yeah, I think the song um, Like You on my record, um, it features an, an artist in Toronto. His name is Ryan Douglas, who just put out his first song two days ago on Friday. And on my end, at least, when we went to the studio, it was actually the same night that we worked on the Kelly uh, Uchis record. We were kind of all in the studio together and me and him had a moment together and, and he just did a verse on that song, which is the one that you hear now. And it blew me away. I was like right off you know, the bat. I was like, this is incredible. Like I, I wouldn't change anything about this. And I listened to it so often. It was like one of my favorite songs when I was working on the record because it was just so new to me and sounded so beautiful. I think for him, he's so young that at that point he was, you know, still trying to find his identity as an artist. And I think what he recorded on Like You, he kind of, as he went down his own path of artistry, it became, that verse became a little more distant to what he sees himself as, as an artist. Um, so right before it came out, we were going through some ideas of like how to make this feel more like, you know, he could be as happy with it as I was. And it really just came down to mixing his vocals a certain way, changing a little bit of the production under it. And at the end of the day, he was happy. But that's the push and pull of collaboration. It's like, I didn't want to change a thing about it, but I also wanted him to be happy. And he's such an incredible artist and a great friend that I just wanted him to feel the way I did about it. So we just went back and forth until we both felt really good about it. And that was definitely the one collaborative moment, I think, on this record that was like so seamless to me. You know, for a 19-year-old kid, he's so mature and, and wise beyond his wow, years 19. that it was just like very easy to to make it work. One thing that I've noticed is that, you know, your music video for I Cried My Eyes Out has like this film-like atmosphere. And you've said that you are a fan of Harmony Corinne. I'm, I guess I'm wondering how your interest in film has influenced your music and the storytelling within your music? Yeah, I think that I, I mean, yeah, I love Harmony Korean and, and Larry David and 
Gaspar Noah and all these kind of fringy experimental directors. And I think yeah. the feeling I get from their work is the feeling I try to put into music, like unsettling, but cinematic and beautiful. And very often I'll watch some work of, of those directors and more and just feel like super inspired to write something that makes me feel um, the same way as I did when I saw their work. Like super uneasy. Yeah, yeah. Like uneasy, but like you want to watch it again, you know? Yeah, God, that that is the perfect way to describe it. I don't think I've ever, quote, enjoyed a Harmony Corinne movie while I was watching it, but then I can't stop thinking about them. Yes, they stay on your mind for a long time. There's something very hooking about them. Yeah, didn't uh, he just make a movie with Travis Scott that was shot entirely in like blacklight or not blacklight, like uh, infrared or something? Oh, I haven't uh, I haven't seen that or heard of it, but I feel like I'd like to. Oh, my God. What is it called? It's it's like Agro Drift. I think it was at uh, like one of those film festivals. I want to say it was Venice. OK, well, that yeah, sounds it's fun. Agro Drift. Um, yeah, I'm going to check that out. Yeah, it's about a mission to kill a demonic crime lord. Um, And yeah, it's it's entirely presented through infrared photography. Damn. Well, wow. that sounds great. <laughs> it's definitely a choice i will watch it i will <laughs> yeah, it's a choice he says yeah so let's let's turn this into a fun question chris if your life story were to be turned into a movie who would you want to play you and what would the soundtrack of your life include you can just pick one song if you want it's mm, a very good question i think the sound the song would be the soundtrack from another movie it would be the taxi driver theme I think that that I could just see that playing over my life for some reason. I don't know if anyone's seen that movie, but that theme song by Bernard Herrmann, I think could could really be the one and an actor to play it. It's a tough one. I feel like I don't know. I feel like Adam Sandler, like uncut gem style. Yes, Adam Sandler I was thinking that. You know? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. I think that would be a good fit. I wish he'd do more of that. He's so good in that movie. Yeah, it's really good. I'm not the I haven't seen it. it. I was thinking about watching it tonight, actually. So maybe I might do that now. You Eric, should. It's a great movie. Eric, just make sure that you take your blood pressure medication before you watch it. Yeah, it's one of those. <laughs> Why sure. would you say that out loud, Anthony? <laughs> <laughs> I just um, want to watch Anga Jams. <laughs> Chris, I feel like also, like, RIP, but I feel like Angus Cloud could play you in a movie if he was still alive. Oh, yeah, oh, that would be God. definitely rest in peace. And I would be honored. Um, yeah, he would make. I feel like he could play you in like your biopic. Yeah, that would be. I would definitely opt for that if there was a way. But yeah, at least we have Euphoria. So at least we have Euphoria. <laughs> yeah. The two is Euphoria basically just your life. Is that what you just meant by that? Ah, <laughs> maybe at a time. <laughs> Not so much anymore. Maybe at a time. Yeah. Oh man, what's the guy's name? Sam Levinson, right? He's the one mm -hmm. who created. Yep. Yeah, so I read a piece recently, and I'm sorry for taking us away from the interview. I just found this really interesting. But he said that, I mean, one of the main criticisms levied against Euphoria is that high school is not like that, like not even a little bit. And he's like, well, that's not the point. The The point is to try to evoke the like maximalist muchness of what it feels like to be going through puberty, where everything is like the best thing, the worst thing, the most terrifying the most disgusting like just all of these feelings that you're feeling so hard but how do you invoke that in an adult that like has been through that and whose prefrontal cortex has like fully developed 
Well, you do it by shocking them. And that's mm-hmm. what he wanted to do with Euphoria is shock adult viewers into feeling the way that you did when you were in high school. That's pretty you know what? Yeah, I kind of, I'm not going to lie, I kind of agree with that. Because I was actually, I was having a conversation about this literally yesterday with my sister. We were talking about how like skins, like from like UK oh, skins yeah. from like the yeah, early yeah. 2000s, the subject matter and like the actual plot lines are actually a lot more intense, I guess, than Euphoria, but they're presented with a lot of levity and it sort of makes it seem like, you know, it's not as ridiculous of a story. It's not as intense. It's not as dramatic as like Euphoria, whereas Euphoria, I think if if it, w- if it was communicated with the same kind of levity that like Skins had um, and like, you know, shorter episode formats and like even just like the camera work and all the angles and everything, like maybe we wouldn't think of it as such like a dramatic thing. Because I mean, people talk about much more serious stuff than that happening to young people. It's just when it's presented differently it comes across with a much more serious, heavy hand. So I don't know. (laughs) These are all things to think about. I kind of want to cap off our talk with you, Chris, before we move into the last segment of our show. I I want to just leave us with something fun to think about. I love your song, Life of the Party. And it kind of led me to think, like, if you could invite one artist, living or dead, to a theme party, what would it be and what would the theme be? And this is for mm-hmm. everyone. Uh, all four of us are going to answer this question. So put your thinking cap on, Eric. Mm, that's really tough. I think just for the sake of, like, irony, I would invite, like, Riff Raff to, like, a music industry-themed mm. party. <laughs> oh, my God. I love that. Yeah. Just for I- fun. How are we going to top that? I would invite Riff Raff anywhere. <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the thing. That's why I'd invite him. He yeah. needs an invite. <laughs> Jamie, do you have anyone in mind? I want to invite John Waters <laughs> to like a murder mystery party. <laughs> That'd be great. I, I love John Waters <laughs> and I think he'd be so much fun. I would want to invite Patty Smith to, oh my God, like I, 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 I want to, I want to just invite her to my own birthday party because I think that you that would be wild. What did I take yours? You did. Not Patty, Patty Smith. Smith. I was going to say Bad Bunny, but that's fine. <laughs> oh, so we're just inviting people to our birthday parties. <laughs> yeah, <now>. Exactly. <laughs> right. Hey, Chris, you want to come to my birthday party? <laughs> sure. I would. Oh, I would yeah. invite Chris Laraca to my birthday party. Hint, hint. <laughs> hint, subtle, hint, hint. You have a whole year because it just passed. Yeah. So plan ahead. I will. Well, it is almost time for us to say goodbye. It's almost time to shut down the bar. It's only open for an hour at a time. We're really sorry about that. But yeah, the overhead is crazy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but before we go, who would like to play a little game of hashtag mood? What's your What is Hashtag Mood, you ask? Hashtag Mood is the game we like to play at the end of every show to flex our playlist building skills. What we are going to do is go over to the Tunes and Tumblr's inbox on Instagram, our actual hotline, which I feel like we need to start plugging that more because I want to hear people's voices on that again. But what we're going to do is pull out a mood. These are things sent to us from our fans, from fans of the artists we talk to, from your fans, Chris. And we're going to pick a mood that is going to theme a playlist. Each of us will have a chance to pick one song, 
to match this mood and give that listener the perfect playlist for whatever it is they are feeling. And I've got a couple picked out. Who's ready for the first one? Why not? In the spirit of I cried my eyes out, I, I think that this is a cathartic mood that I found the other day. It's from at NavyP underscore 007, who says, letting those things that hurt you go. Mm, that's a good one. I'm going to go completely counter to that and say, never going to give you up by Rick Astley. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Every time we threaten to pull that song off of the playlist, you throw it back in there. It's my responsibility. It's an obligation as a lifelong Rick Astley fan. I feel like I have something for this. I feel like you could make a killing by Amy Mann. That's that's a sad one. <laughs> yes, that is a great one, too. Thanks. Oh, man. Boys of Summer. Uh, Don Henley. Of summer is good. Yeah, um, I'll I'll give a real one. Uh, Moment of Joy by Chicano Batman. Chicano Batman. I think is probably a good one for that. I think I would put in Slide by James Bay. I don't know if anyone knows that song. Ooh, I do. The tragic one. Yeah. Well, since there's only four of us, maybe we could each give one more just to fill it out a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I would definitely throw in the song I mentioned earlier, Baby by Donnie and Joe Emerson. I think you'll understand why once you hear it. I got one. Um, More Than It Hurts You by The Front Bottoms. Ooh, love The Front Bottoms. I love them so much. I actually didn't think I was ever going to like them again, honestly. Their more recent albums were hit or miss for me, but I think their like, recent, recent music, like that one EP that and their most recent album was so good. And yeah, More Than It Hurts You like reminds me of a lot of their early music, and it's really sad and it's really good. I might say, and Kurt Cobain might hate me for this one, but Come As You Are, Nirvana. That's mm. good. Yeah, I've used this song before, but I feel like it, it's just one that I come back to over and over as a Let It Go song. Um, it's not Let It Go by Adina Menzel. No, it is Not Today by The Blossom. I love The Blossom. I saw them at Life is Beautiful last year. And this they, they do a lot of like, so they do a lot of hyper pop, but this is more of like an acoustic grunge song. And basically they're just singing about like, all the things in their life that are going wrong, but is it going to be a bad day? Not today. I lost my mm -hmm. job and most of my things. Yep. But is it going to be a bad day? Not today. I love that. Yeah. Did, did we all pick two? Are we good? Did we do yeah. it? Did we make a playlist for we did. at Navy P underscore 007? Amazing. Well, can't help but think of Navy Pier when I hear Navy P. So I'm wondering if this person's from Chicago and just loves tourist attractions. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe <laughs> like we all come up with our, our screen names on, on, a on aim when we're like 12 years old. So that that's a good point. Yep. It's a very good point. I'm going to throw in one more of these moods for our patrons. And this one comes from me. I wanted to do this one because I was thinking about it while I was coming up with questions to ask you, Chris, but we talked a little bit about artists that we would bring to a party. My theme is or my mood is a playlist to impress the artist that you brought to your theme party well you know what i'm gonna say anthony <laughs> is it gonna be an, i'm never gonna give you up for bad bunny for bad bunny yes actually <laughs> just on loop repeatedly the entire night just so he knows that i will never actually i'm a little pissed at him right now but that's fine i'm never gonna give you up i think for mine to impress riffraff I would play My Man Freestyle by Adonis, a.k.a. Drake's son. <laughs> wow. Yeah. He's he's going to be huge. He's yeah. going to be he a is huge Is he old enough to make music now? Oh, he already has music out? He's just going crazy. Christ. What is yeah. happening? <laughs> I think that in order to impress John Waters, I'm going to play Spice Up Your Life by the Spice Girls. <laughs> nice. 
Makes sense. <laughs> I think he would like that. Yeah, I think he would. You're not wrong. Let's see. If I'm impressing Patty Smith at my own birthday, I'm going to try to flex my knowledge of like new punk artists. And I think I'm going to go with I'm going to tell my therapist on you by Pink Shift. If you all haven't listened to Pink Shift, you absolutely should. I saw them open for Mannequin Pussy a couple years ago. Please go check them out. Wow. I, I might have to. I like that name. Yeah. What, Pink Shift or I'm going to tell my therapist on you? Mannequin Pussy. <laughs> or Mannequin all. Pussy. <laughs> all good names. <laughs> Yes, all all female driven po- uh, punk bands, not pop punk. They're not pop punk. They're just punk. Yeah, they're just punk. Yes. Fuck yeah. All right, y'all listeners, if you have a mood of your own, why not drop us a line at six two six six zero four six four seven seven. You can text us, or you can leave us an old fashioned. What are they called? Voicemails. Does anyone leave voicemails anymore? I left a voicemail recently. I think people still do it. Who'd you leave a voicemail for? Someone in my band. Oh. Yeah, that's it was cute. important. That's kind of sweet. That's very vintage. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm always pleasantly surprised when I get a voicemail from somebody who isn't trying to sell me something or isn't my mother. Mm, very good. But listeners, also, if you follow us on Instagram, we put out these calls for moods every week. So write in the little box what your mood is, and who knows, your favorite artist may just give you a playlist on the air. But you know, it's getting to be that time. It has gone from 11 a.m. to noon, which means it is time to shut down the bar. But before we do, does anyone have any lingering thoughts? Chris, would you like to plug anything that you've got coming up? Well, lingering thoughts is funny because I there's a song on my album called Linger, and I have a very beautiful music video. It's more of a short film that's going to be coming for that song sometime in the new year. It's like an eight-minute video. So I'm very looking forward to that. And beyond that, more music, some more performances, and hopefully some more collaborations. Well, that's bold of you to try to compete with the Cranberries, man. Yeah, I know. I know. My manager <laughs> said the same thing. <laughs> no, I'm sure it, it sounds great. So we'll definitely give it a listen when it comes out. Yeah, great. Well, thank you, Chris. We really appreciate you and Chance giving us uh, your time today. Yeah, thank you guys for your time. It was, a, it was a great conversation. Yeah, and I'm sorry that by the end of the show, I get very slow and slurry, but that's kind of like the point of the show, I think, when yeah. we conceived of it. You did get through the whole drink this time. So considering I, what happened after two sips, that's appropriate. Yep. <laughs> but thank you all for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast and a member of the Pantheon podcast network be sure to follow us on every platform and please rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts it helps us out so much also if you go into the episode description and scroll to the very bottom you can sign up for the tunes and tumblers patreon every dollar goes to keeping the lights on and getting supplies to make these delicious drinks plus there are tons of perks for you to enjoy tunes and tumblers was produced as always by madeline may and researched by nick nichols Jamie Kahn handles all of our digital content. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. Our hashtag mood jingle comes to us from Jacob Jeffries and Jesse McGinty. And before we sign off, we have a little bit of a solemn announcement to make. After a year of manning the TNT bar with unparalleled dedication and skill, our dear cocktail artist, Kaylin, will be moving on to bigger and better things. That doesn't mean your favorite pod is going anywhere, though. We have an amazing roster of guest bartenders who will be coming in to pick up some shifts while we look to adopt a special mixologist in search of their forever home. So stay tuned, fam. And until next time, cheers. Cheers. Thank you, guys. Cheers.
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more fantasy points. 